Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rifles Only Accuracy <laughs> Podcast. Everything center fire, rim fire. Uh, going into the Christmas season, I think I'm still full from Thanksgiving. Uh, just a couple of quick things we got going on. It is today is December 3rd. No, it's not. It's December 2nd, so it's on a Friday. And uh, I have a guest with me today. However, you guys had sent in a metric ton of questions for uh, the Bartland guys. So I wrote all those down and I got a hold of them and I started getting answered these questions. And I said, hey, you know what? I, this is just too much. Uh, we're going to we set a time. So today is the second next Wednesday. I'll be, I'll be recording with him again with Frank Green. And but today we got another Frank. And again, in keeping with uh, quantity and quality, Frank Galley, welcome back. Hey, Jacob, how you doing? Everybody out there in podcast land. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, man, doing good. How, how's your weather up there, brother? It's windy as shit right now. We got like tornado winds happening, but it's it, it was uh, nice though. It's fifty degrees and not ten degrees because last week we were ten degrees like for the whole week and got snow. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So, but now I got wind. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm working the wind. I was out there today and I'm working the wind. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. We had a we've had a real weird winter. You know, usually we're either like extremely hot or extremely cold. But we had a we the fall has come on kind of slow it's been nice it's like almost dare i say we have seasons in south texas which everybody knows is a lie we got hot and, and like cool that's about it yeah well uh and i was just down there last week i was um in college station in at navasota at the expo and it was friggin' cold yeah yeah um yeah. It, it, and but yeah we've had it we've we've actually had three snows already mm -hmm. and we went down to the 10 degrees. And so, uh, so we, this is kind of, um, this season is looking like a pretty snowy one. Yeah. I hope uh, so. For, uh, I'm going snow but, skiing um, in January, just out, out, I mean, out West of you. So I hope there's a lot of snow. Yeah. Well, they're getting great snow in the mountains. You're, yep. you're really good there. So you, you, you're got no drama there. It's not, but, for, um, it's not for the skiing, Frank. It's not for the skiing. It's for when I fall. You know what I mean? Okay, I, yes, I want that. a lot of snow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't, I like to fall on soft stuff. <laughs> but then when you get too much, the avalanches happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking. I actually met a guy. I met a guy who survived an avalanche. No shit. And yes. And he, he had pictures and everything. He outran it and he caught the tail and it buried him. Yeah. But not over his head. Mm-hmm. And he got wailed with it, but at the very end of the avalanche, I did meet a guy. Wow. And just recently, like within the last year. Wow, that's amazing. That's cool. Yeah, avalanches are no joke. <sighs> they are no joke. They're no joke at all. Well, yeah, I knew that you came down. I, I had contacted you after the expo. I knew that you had come down here, and I had done it over in Blakely a couple of years ago. The, the year before they shut down for COVID, I was over there. And, you know, just same, same kind of thing, you know, talking about fundamentals and all that crap. But, uh, but I wanted to get, I wanted to get a, a report cause I know that you were there and, uh, tell us about it. How's it going? Is it growing? Yes, it is. And other than the weather, the weather really put a pinch on it because mm -hmm. it was raw and miserable down there. Mm -hmm. I think it is, it's the right direction for sort of us precision rifle people versus shot show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've not been going to SHOT Show lately. I didn't go to SHOT Show last year, although I'm going this year. It really holds nothing anymore for us because we're not like meeting the military people or the students there like we used to when we were running booths there. Mm -hmm. And it's limited, right? What yep. we can actually do at SHOT kind of sucks. 
where you go to the expo and the nice thing about the expo is like I'm talking to Emil Fraslin yeah. and we're talking about burger bullets and different things. And I said, Emil, I just did a load for my Valkyrie with the 85.5 burgers. You should see what it's doing. Hey, Frank, I'll walk over there and see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you literally can just grab whatever you're talking about, run to the line, shoot it, demonstrate it. You can go over and see all the scopes and compare them. Like, there was probably four multiple scope brackets going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So side by side, and yeah. things like that. But it, and so I really think it allows you to, um, you know, put hands on and see the latest and greatest stuff that we're talking about right? versus, you know, SHOT Show. But then, you know, like for you and I, the class part, yeah, you do a little one-hour fundamentals thing. And, yeah, I did it one year, then they moved it, and I couldn't do it, then you did it, then they moved it again, and then I did it, and, and whatever. But there's there's four classes going on at any given moment, and you, you get some instruction, you get some education. People can ask you the things we talk about and right. they hear about, right. you know, with a podcast. Like you're doing questions, Q and A. Yeah. Well, they get to they walk up to you and they're like, "Hey, you said this," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Yeah, okay, here you go." Right. So I really do like the expo. Yeah, I did too. I liked it. You know, whenever I was there, you know, not only not only get a chance to see people and stuff like that, but inside the tent, you know, just like you said, you know, they have a lot of different products that are there. And now it's a little bit older, so I'm thinking I'm thinking it's going to be bigger. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, those classes going. I mean. The guys from Applied Ballistics were out there, so I got a chance to visit with them whenever I was at, at Expo. And then, of course, Emil was doing doing his talk on wind and everything else. So it was it was really really cool. I liked it. It was it was a lot of fun. And you know, like you said, you get to visit with people. I see Pete Carpentier. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get to see guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, yep. but I don't see him. You guys see him because they're in your backyard. Well, man, I tell I you what, I tell you what, he, he went through a rough patch, man. We didn't see him for a couple of years. I know. And so, you well, know, I know that. and now he's, he's out, he's doing the club matches with us again. You know, he's, he's, uh, you know, showing up and yeah, man, it's so good. I am so happy of the outcome for that gentleman. Right. And so it's, it, it's, you get to kind of, you know, reconnect with people that like I met in classes at rifles only. Right. So there's that whole crew of Texas people from South Texas yep. that pop into the expo just to say hi. They're local. Right. They see it. They get to go hands on. And, yeah. and it's it's a different to talking to other people. You know, we, we, we have like pockets of drama. Mm-hmm. Whoa, go figure, right? <laughs> so there's pockets of drama. And then you get to go face to face somebody. Right. And kind of talk about it and be like, Hey dude, you know, that wasn't cool. This wasn't cool. That happened. Okay. Yeah. I said this to you because this is what happened. And then once it's there, then it kind of gets put to bed. Yeah. You know, there was, there was, it, 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 you're able to kind of be in front of somebody and there's nowhere to go. Right. So you have to be there with people you might not necessarily want to see. Yeah. But then it allows you to, you know, crush any of that stuff and everybody walks away happy yeah clear the air and uh, it's done mm-hmm, back to mm-hmm. the back and, to and the it, internet squabbling <laughs> yes yes well because we do you know what yeah. i mean and it, it is it is a part of it that way but i, I really do like what what phil uh cash is doing with the mm-hmm. expo i think there's a lot of merit in in that um atmosphere of what he's doing it, it reminds you of a match right 
it, it has that same feeling as going to a match. Yeah, that that fun, you know, excitement type. You know, this is going to be a this right. is going to be a good weekend. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and even with the weather, like I said, it was cold, raw, and miserable. Yeah. All we really could do is kind of huddle in a corner and laugh about it. Yeah. And and then you know, at night when we go to the restaurants and everybody's there. It, it, it's 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 like oh man you know where did you go i was like oh this corner was really good <laughs> <laughs> well cool man well tell me about this uh what kind of merchandise you got going now frank on sniper side oh yeah yeah so um you as you know we dropped the app for sniper side okay and the, so you, you go into your play store you go into your app uh app store for apple and you can download the sniper side app mm-hmm. that puts the entire site in your hand mm-hmm well, now we're upgrading. So now I'm, I'm actually in, and I want to get with you at SHOT Show to show you this if you're going. If not, we could talk other. Well, they're fixing my live stream. You know, everything is new. I, I was the beta tester for this software. I was, I was an early adopter, first guy, and now it's been a year. So mm-hmm. we've had the app for a full year. Well, mm-hmm. now the upgrades are coming. Mm-hmm. And the upgrades are going to be really good. And so one of the things uh, I want to go into first before the merch store is the live streaming. Mm -hmm. So right now I can live stream from the app. Right. But it's a three-part process. Well, now they've created and they fixed it. So now you'll live stream right from the app. I don't have to connect. Okay. Different software. Okay. And that means less power, less bandwidth. Right. Because I needed I needed bandwidth to go from the camera to the computer, the computer to A software, A software to B software, and then B software to you. Right. And that all needed bandwidth. Well, now that I can go from me, my app, to you, less bandwidth. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, well, um, we had talked yeah, about that because so, you and I talked about getting together uh, up in Kansas, I think next year, and I was going to take the real link. So you would have, all, you know, you would have all the bandwidth you needed. And so this is going to, yeah. this is going to kind of put it to where you don't need as much. Exactly. Okay. So less bandwidth will do more. Well, on top of that, it's now the system now has what they're calling a lobby. And then in the lobby, I can create channels. And what I'm going to do is I want to get guys like yourself Mm-hmm. To be partnered and be able to have your own access to your own live stream channel on Sniper Side. Right. Yeah, we had so talked. We had talked to, about this. You you said that this was coming up. I'm I'm ready for that. And whenever you're whenever you want to get started, we'll get started. Yes, but it, but what I felt was the process was overly complicated. Yeah. Yeah, a little and bit cumbersome. Get, yes, it was very cumbersome, and mm-hmm. I didn't like it for that. Well, now that the upgrades are done. It's super easy. And the cool thing is when you go now, I couldn't last week. Now, next week, I'll be able to. When you go to my first app, you can all sign it. Facebook. Hey, man, you're kind of going a little bit digital on me. Um, uh, anyway, did I get you? Uh, not yet. It's still a little digital. I'm coming back. Back. It's the Okay, I lost one of those words. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I'm coming back. Okay. The wind's probably knocking out my. There it is. I should be back now. Yeah, you're all good now. I'm gonna leave that in there. I'm okay, not gonna. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna edit it out. Yeah, yeah. The wind. It's the wind outside. The wind's fucking with everything. And I and I live where I see cellular, so my Wi-Fi is probably playing games. But anyway, 
So you can then simulcast. So you have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll be able to go into the Sniper's Hide app, mm-hmm. go live through the app to everybody with a Sniper's Hide account, but at the same time, simulcast to your Facebook page. Okay. So you will be able to hit your Facebook people, your YouTube people, mm-hmm. and your Sniper's Hide people all from one live. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And, and the goal is then to be, and what I was going to do at SHOT Show sit down with a bunch of guys at SHOT Show, give them a quick train up on them, and then give people accounts. Okay. Well, so I know that was kind I, of my point. Yeah, I'm not going to go to SHOT Show this year. I'm going to I'm gonna go on vacation. So we'll have to do this uh, via phone or, or Zoom or something. Yeah, we could. It's easy. We, it, it's actually really easy. We can do it. But okay. I figure SHOT Show would be a good place for me to sit down with a couple people to show them right. and, and get them spun up. Right. But that's so that is huge. The upgrade they're doing to the app. The app is getting upgrades and it's going to be good. Well, then um, with merchandise, you guys know everybody loves the shirts and stuff. I wear your shirt, you know, and and so that's the next thing is to go to the app store and merchandise. And I've always just done um you know, I don't have a retail store like you guys do. Right. So I've always just done like uh, group buy more or less yeah. with the with the uh, merch. Yeah. You know, we get Surge and George, and they help us out. And then through Surge, we do a group buy. We'd order up a bunch of shirts and hats, and then we'd send them out. But then once they were gone, they were gone. Right. Yep. Well, now I have a merch account with a rock band company. Okay. And the rock band company does everything. I don't have to do anything other than have an idea for a shirt, send it to them. And then Sniper's High Gear is available 24-7 now. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about uh, maintaining inventory or any of that crap. Right. So hats are coming back. Shirts are coming back. Hoodies are coming back. Because we get asked all the time. You guys probably do too. Hey, when are you going to do that again? My other one wore out. Yeah. Hey, when are you going to do this? I don't have that anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, heck, one was just lost in an airport. Somebody, you know, I, hey, my, my hoodie, I lost it in the airport. I left it on a seat. And yeah. So somebody in the airport. But anyway, <laughs> so we're doing the merch store. Well, and cool. so um, that is going to be super cool along with the enhanced live streaming that'll be coming, which will allow us to live stream a heck of a lot more um uh a heck of a lot more oh good good you make know? sure you make sure you do a sniper side coffee cup man yes yeah, yeah yeah we could do that yeah you know how i feel about my coffee mm-hmm. oh we all <laughs> yeah for sure for sure well that's awesome man i'm glad to see that you're getting getting going on that it's been a been a long time coming i know that like you would order in you know, a hundred of this, a hundred of that. And once it's gone, it's gone. So that's about, you know, that's about where you've been operating and this is going to change that significantly. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I'm slow with some of these things. So, um, it's, it's finally coming around and putting all this stuff into place. I mean, between the podcast that does really good and all that. And then I don't do like, you're like me with your social media channels. Yeah. On rifles only in that, mm-hmm. but your social media stuff tends to, you know, when you have something to say, you'll say it, but you don't chase it every day. No, no, no way. 
No way. Yeah, and and, and it's a, you, it's it's like with me, social media is kind of advertising. Yeah, it's not how I survive. No, <laughs> no, it's it's funny. There's a lot of people that do though. Man, they're stuck on it. And they do, and 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 so we work. We tend to work our our. I guess the lack of a better word, our property, uh, you know, different than other people. It is. It because is. You, yeah, because we have the training and we have that stuff that we put out. Yep. Um, but I want to speak of training and thing. a good question came up today. You have questions. Um, but I was talking to Chris way today mm-hmm. and you came up in regard to, it was the, the question was in regards to slings mm-hmm. versus like, or I shouldn't say slings, but the, the expensive equipment, like I, I brought it up because remember like the wedges, in the in the blocks in the things that held the rifle on the barricade. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we went from the wedges and the blocks mm-hmm. and the pins and everything to, to make a a a clamp right. under your rifle to hold on a barricade. Then from there we go to bags, right? Mm-hmm. So but but really we went from a rear bag to a wedge to a sandbag. Mm-hmm to where we are today and so chris and i were talking this gear and the progression of people chasing gear Mm -hmm. and he had mentioned being down and spending time with you Mm -hmm. and how you were able to take him and say here's a sling do the same thing with a sling but use those universal truths that kind of fall into the fundamentals right and and engage targets and so it was kind of this this discussion with him that went back to you, and he was like, he was searching for why had we moved away from, like, your method to the bag method. And I told him this, the easy answer, and it'd be interesting to get your take on it. Mm-hmm. To me, the answer was time. Mm-hmm. And to sling up, to get on a barricade and to do it correctly where your group would be a three inch group and not a 12 inch group. Right. Take time. Uh, I kind of agree with that. And I kind of don't, you know, cause like, you know, whenever anything well, that you, with the caveat, it's training. Right. Now understand people aren't training, right. to, but understand you could be faster with more training. We right. get that. And, and yeah. And I'll just start in the beginning. You, you said, you know, you were looking for the, for the answer, you know, how come it went there? Um, I don't want, I really don't want to anger anyone whenever I say this, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. The reason that we did was it can be defined in one term laziness you know what i mean yeah and the laziness was or and and again that's a little bit out of turn because you have some people that want to do this and they're working 60 hours a week so they don't have the time you know to come in and put in the time to learn how to do this and get these neural pathways built the way they're supposed to be like me i carry my rifle if i walk up to anything that's an alternate position i don't care what it is frank i don't care if it's a culvert a deck a uh, a barricade a tank trap a culvert to me in my mind the only thing i see is a barricade that's it you know what i mean yeah I, it's that, the same answer yeah. I, i'm the same way the only thing i see is a barricade and i've been there before i've been there many many times now as you know from like 94 to 96 all i did was just sling shooting that was it you know and then you know we have the we have the slings now to where if i'm if i'm getting ready to start a stage 
and you know, I got to start back here. What, and I'm going to use a sling on it because I'm not going to carry all those bags. I'm just not going to do it, but I'm going to put, you know, my left arm through and it's going to be around my neck. It's going to be kind of in a patrol carry type thing, like what you would do with a, with an AR 15 or M4. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to walk up and I'm going to plant that gun on the, on the barricade. I'm going to square up my shoulders, which is going to tighten up the sling. And then I'm going to be pretty much where I need to be. Now I, that doesn't come overnight. The reason, the reason that I can do it so quickly is because I've done it over and over and over. And it's like what I say in my classes. I say, you know, if, if let me give you an example of neural pathways. I say, how many guys in the class or girls are right-handed? Okay, so every, most everybody raises their hand. And I say, well, tonight, you know, after you get out of class and you go and you have dinner and you're gonna brush your teeth because you're going to bed, I said, put on your safety glasses and brush your teeth with your left hand. Believe me, you're gonna need those safety glasses because we, <laughs> I mean, you, you just don't right. have the neural. Nobody does it. Nobody does it. You, right. You you don't have the neural pathways for that. And it, and it's not only us. It's like people who train quarter horses and stuff like that. You know, whatever they train the horse or cutting horses, whenever they whatever they train them to do to the right, they have to train them to do to the left because there's no brain connection there. Frank, we ain't that much different than that horse. You know what I'm saying? We no. have we got to get those those neural pathways built up. So the other the other thing that I feel is a problem, and we've talked about this uh, a heck of a lot in the classes over the last four years is that, you know, in your mind, if you go up here, say, okay, this is a tank trap. Well, yeah, it's shaped like a tank trap and it looks like a tank trap. So if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's probably a duck, but is it any different than the methodology you would use on a barricade? And the answer, if you get really honest with yourself is no, you know, what you're going to do is you're going to try to apply your fundamentals to do that. The problem that I see is that whenever someone's coming up to a stage and the prop that they're going to use, it could be anything. It could be a stair. I've, I've already listed what they could all be. The people are so concerned about that area that they're going to be shooting off of. And you do have to have some concern on that. You do have to look at it and say, okay, I've done this before uh, a thousand times. I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm, my rifle's going here. My leg's going here and all this other stuff. But I say, give yourself a, a significant percentage of your focus on your target area, because what that does is that automatically orients you to where you want the bullet to go kind of subconsciously. So you're starting to work on your natural point of aim while you're still sitting there you know, bolt in mag out waiting for time starts now. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I told them the story of you at hack pro with Bill Davison with the thousand yard offhand shot. Yeah. And, and how setting up that MPA and getting all that and then putting that into place. And I told them about the time element as well, where Bill didn't give you a time limit, nope. allowed you to set that MPA yep. exactly to what you wanted and you carbine shot it. Yep. And, you know, I told him, I said, you know, Jacob told him to pay him before the fucking bullet hit the target, really. I mean, it yeah. did, but the sound, before the sound came back. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was the thing, though. I mean, if he would have, if, and I, I still the same story, too. You know, it was, it was uh, I had already won 30 bucks. This is double or nothing. And so, you know, I told him, I said that, you know, there's, there's no, you know, this is just the whole bet. If he would have said, yeah, and you have one minute to complete. Well, I would have put my tail between my legs, grabbed my 30 bucks and left. You know what I mean? Right. But, but the thing about it is he didn't give me a time limit. I knew that I didn't really necessarily have the skill to make that shot, but natural point of aim did. And at that point, after, you know, testing it for 20 freaking minutes, I mean, the miss would have been the anomaly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, I'm working with the stuff like the, the rifle craft stuff with Chris Way because mm-hmm. it's so positional heavy. Mm-hmm. Like me, I'm working with people on that MPA, that initial MPA to get that time down because that's because people will will not necessarily. I don't know what they look at, 
But yeah. they're not, like you said, they're not looking at the target and setting that up unless you're sort of commanding them to. Right. Oh, and yeah. And just. Well, this goes back to another one, too. We've we've got an event out here that we run called the Culverts. And uh, so it's three positions. It's uh, it's three shots left shoulder, four shots either shoulder, and then three shots right shoulder on three different culverts that you have to move through. And so the first time we do it, you know, we get to the point in the class where we're starting to, okay, this this is this is a little bit uh, more of competition training. You know, I mean, although these things are real. Um, and so I always time up is a two minute time limit. Target's not far. It's only 300 yards. But I always time from the time that it's time start now till the first shot. And then, you know, after after they finish, I say your number to remember is 43. Your number to remember is 32. And so what it is, is I'm giving them the amount of the seconds from when time starts now till they get their first shot off. And it, it's just like one of those things after they go through this. And I say, OK, look. You know what the stage is going to be. I just read it to you. Sometimes I'll even have the book that we use during a competition. And this is just during training. And I'll say, look, you know, you're going to have a left shoulder shot. You know, this is this is it. I said, we're going to be shooting off this culvert. This culvert's eight feet long and it's 320 pounds per 12 inches. You're not going to move it. You know what I mean? It's not going to move around on you. And I say, look where you want the thing to go. Because what I see them doing is I see them, even on a 300-yard shot, the majority of their time is wasted is they get on the glass and they're searching for the target through the glass. And I always tell them, hey, like Frank Gelly says, find it with your eye, kill it with the scope. And what that essentially is saying is find your target, orient towards that target, and nine times out of ten, whenever you put your rifle down on whatever and you're focused on that, whenever you go to glass, you're not going to have to search for the target. It's going to be in your field of view. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. So, yep, so whenever they do that, I mean, it's like <laughs> we, we, I let them well, practice it and everything else, and they come back, and, okay, so now our times are – you know, sub 12 seconds where before it was 43 seconds, you know, so now they're getting up and they're getting set up really, really fast and they're getting good hits. And so that it's just kind of like, I, I think, I think you, you back to our original, our original thing, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things to where, you know, that you're, you having, you're having that wobble, you know, that you're having to deal with. But I mean, unless you're just, unless you're just going, you know, bench rest free recoil style, which I'm not an advocate of because you're not driving the rifle. And a lot of times the rifle is going to move. You're not going to see whether you hit or missed, um, you know, drive the gun, you know, take the time to actually drive the gun and run your fundamentals. And again, don't, don't let be the only time you shoot a barricades is whenever, you know, you, you go to a match. I mean, these are the things you have to practice all the time. Yeah. And that's the big key is, is that practice. I mean, even just little things I'm looking at, cause I mean, you know, out where I'm at, if you come to the range in the morning, you know, nine, 10 in the morning, you see a sea of steel out there because the sun's behind us. Yep. Well, once it comes over the top, they all vanish. Yeah. yeah. And and now, it, right now, we're we're working with people and looking at them. And one of the things I've even I've done is with my binos, is I stuck a compass on the binos and I'm playing with it. I don't know if it's going to work the way I want it to, because we're running into so many people. It's like your targets are over there. Right. And they don't and, and they look and find them, they range them, they drop them down and then they come back with their rifle. Mm -hmm. Now they don't know where it went again. Right. So I was actually looking at a, the most simplistic compass of all mm -hmm. on top of the um, uh, the, the bino. So all I have to do is when I come down, I turn that dial to the north. Right. 
And then all I have to do is line it up and I kind of know where I'm looking because I'm looking for these solutions for people right. for these hunter matches and these out west find them, range them, engage them matches. Right. Because it's the same thing with the MPA. Like they're looking down at their rifle. Like they see the, the like they look at those, the target. The RO says time starts now. Then they reach down or look down at their rifle and grab it and they look at the rifle. Then they walk up to the barricade watching their rifle. Uh, yep. Place it on the on the barricade. Now they start looking for the target again. Right. Exactly. Right. When you, you all know, their focus the, should have been downrange. I mean that that's gonna right. just they should have been watching the target, watching no. the target, watching the no. target. And then when when the gun came up into their field of view, they can then point it at the target and then drop it on the back. Right. Well I always say, you know, the you know, how we carry these rifles whenever we put our hand on the grip is finger straighten off the trigger. So I say, look at your target and point your finger at it. And whenever you do that, you're automatically pointing the rifle at it. And so that's going to cut right. down a lot of time. And also take the scope off freaking 35 power for crying out loud. <laughs> it's, you know, but, but the thing is, is they buy the 35 and then they keep it on 25, you know, and it's like, ah, dude, go to 15. Yeah, please. try 15. try 12. Uh, your, your target that we're training on, right, it's it's 370 yards away. How about, like, try 10? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> dude, I go down to eight with those. Oh, like, yeah. In some of those, like, I go down to eight with some of them because it's, it's just easier for me. But I've noticed on a few of, like, the wobblier, weirder shots, I've ended up at eight power a few oh, yeah. times lately. And you're just mind screwing um, yourself. You're not wobbling any less. You're just not, it's just not magnified 25 times. So it, it kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, but I mean, it's just, it, there's been a couple weird shots that people have asked us to take. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll be at that 10 or 12, and I go, you know, I'm going to drop it a little bit more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I, I I'm switching, to, a, switching to ACOG, switching to ACOG. <laughs> yeah, I think I just because I'm getting old and and, yeah. and, and, and finding stuff, but um, oh, I know, the old but, definitely works. Yeah, for but sure. But it, it's just interesting piece. Oh, and then, um, like, the other element <clears throat> of this, and it kind of jumps back to the expo mm -hmm. side of things, is we end up getting those real-time wind meters. Mm -hmm. And we started playing with those. So we got these wind zero meters that they had at the expo. And they're actually kind of coming out of the F class uh, guys, uh, Eric Cortina and them, mm -hmm. that group had them. All right. And what it is. Explain is, this to me, it, Lucy. Yes. So have you seen the Calypso wind meter that will connect to the Garmin? Yes, I have. But I want you to explain it to everybody. Okay. So what they are is Calypso wind meter is about an inch and a half round impellerless wind meter that's Bluetooth. And they have that, and it's mainly for sailing. The sailboat people like these impellerless 360-degree wind meters. Mm -hmm. Well, this Wind Zero went to the same company as the Calypso meter. And they got a three-inch unit instead of a one-inch unit. Mm -hmm. The three-inch unit is then connected to Bluetooth Wi-Fi generator, and it's about the size of a soda can okay. or like a coffee can. Mm -hmm. uh, think of a coffee can. Yeah. You mount these guys up, send them downrange or go put them downrange, and they beam back as far as a mile mm -hmm. real-time wind. Mm-hmm. And he just added the app this week, although they have the app there at the expo. So there's, there's, there's like three monitoring pages for the wind. You have a, a, like a full blown monitor 
which tracks to the minute and second, and it's a big graph and it looks ugly and it it just mm-hmm. lines up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. You have the 360 directional like sailing meter where the center arrow actually fills in the stronger the wind gets. Yeah. So you can watch the wind from a distance in a way, seeing the direction and speed based on the compass's uh, look. Okay. Well, then he has a target page. And this is the meter down range monitoring the wind in real time that lets you not only put in or it reads out the wind speed of the meter, you can also add your wind hold for that speed. Okay. And what it'll do is it'll not only change with the wind, the speed of the wind, the like the, the icon moves and changes as the right. wind is moving and changing. Well, it's changing the wind speed. So it says 8, 9, 10, 11, 8, 9, 10, 11, 8, 8, 10. Mm-hmm. Well, while it's doing that, it's also going 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, 8, 0. 0.6. It's giving you the hold as well. Okay. So you're able to watch your actual hold with the wind speed move in real time. Okay. How much and, are they? Uh, 800 bucks a piece. 800 bucks a link, piece. Yep. And you can link three of them okay. together. So you can do near, far, and, um, and so on. Okay. And the, it'll, it'll run three at a time within the app. So okay. you're, you can watch three areas of the wind. But like for one of the things we're noticing, because we're, we're running the wind pretty hard with Chris and all that stuff and we're scoring it and like we're scoring it within tenths to center so we have somebody shoot and when they shoot we we have our our aiming point in the middle mm-hmm. and it like matter of fact i just had to go to ace again and buy paint because we're painting shit like way too much mm-hmm. but um so we score it then we'll run out paint everything up again do it again do it again do it again and we're scoring your win calls within a tenth to center Okay. This is letting us see where people's wind calls are and then the real time wind at the same time. So we can actually even go back and say, you know, because we score the people and, and our score sheet has, you know, wind speed, wind direction, your hold, the hit, the miss, and all the different things that we're, we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Well, then we can go back and say, right there, you doped it for five miles an hour. The wind meter at the target read seven, and you hit 0.2 off center. Mm-hmm. So now we're able to line all this stuff up and look at what we're seeing because we're we are seeing weird spikes. Mm-hmm. Like you know how we're running the wind, running the wind, and it's like okay, I'm reading it at eight. I'm reading it at eight. Then when I shoot it and hit it, I'm hitting it for twelve. Yep. Where's that extra four coming from? Is it max at or is it something else? We, so what we're hoping is to start putting eyeballs on that anomaly. When we read it at us at an eight and we hit a target at a different number. All right. Uh, let me, let me visit with you here. Okay. Just kind of close mm-hmm. your, close your eyes and listen to this. Okay. So you know where the tower is at rifles only. 
And so we get these varying winds that come out there. Now, I just to, you know, preface this, if I go out and I pull up, you know, my wind meter, my wind gauge, and I'm at the base of the tower and I pull it up and it's eight. And then I go to that first deck, I pull it up. It's going to be between 10 and 11. And you go up to the top deck and now we're talking the 13, 14 range. So the, you know, the so it's max or thing, like you mentioned. But the other thing too is I've always seen, I've always seen the wind as kind of, you know, the wind that's coming at me, like if we're down here and we've got a Northeast wind and we're getting a lot of these now, North and Northeast winds. And so it's gusty. And so if I'm up there shooting, if I am in a period of the low number, but I'm shooting out to the North where the wind is coming from. And man, it's a, uh, if I get one of those gusts and that bullet has to travel through that, you know, obviously you're going to see a different, a different result. Right, right. Whereas if I've got if I've got that south or southeast wind, normally, you know, if I feel a gust, I kind of know that that gust is going to continue on diagonally downrange, and I can kind of compensate that for that because I know that the bullet is going to have to deal with that. But I know that that one's coming. You know what I mean? And so whenever coming exactly, so yeah. we're we're trying to yeah figure out where it is like is there a method or a way to visualize it. Yeah. Through the pattern, maybe. It it's going to be, be like you're saying. Yeah. It's going to be a math problem. And you got Chris on that. Yeah. So <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and he's even got, he's looking at a percentage problem, which I don't want to get too deep into that, but he's actually stumbled on almost like my weaponized math where we're doping the gravity and the percentage between drop yard lines. Mm hmm. Because all my weaponized math is, is a factor between the 100 yard line. Right. And so we're looking at it and he's almost got a percent number. We just, we're, we're, like, we were looking at two versions of it mm -hmm. and we sort of fell off that one's not working. Mm -hmm. And I'm being coy just because we're 75% there. Mm -hmm. that, that last 25% is giant. Yeah. As usual. And, 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 yeah, yeah. And so but we're 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 sampling it and what we did is I don't know if you've heard, we I've I've been able to open my range up since taking it from mile high. We now have it at a hundred and forty degree um that you can shoot hundred and forty degrees. Okay. So you can get different ways. So yeah, so we, we and what we did is I added like the easiest way to talk about it is my range basically faces 270 west. If right. you go straight out from my firing line, mm -hmm. well, I have a 180 a a a, a south, a dead south target. So mm -hmm. completely due south, that's my first set of plates. Right. Well, as you rotate around 15 degrees, I have another set of plates. Mm -hmm. Rotate around 15 more degrees, I have another set. These plates go from 300 to 800 yards. Mm -hmm. And we rotated on this half circle, right? And we added these wind plates, so we exactly like you said, we can work the different wind values, right? So I could basically shoot due south, rotate completely around to northwest, mm -hmm. shoot the northwest, come back and shoot west, yeah, and then southwest, and and I can play the wind that way, yeah. And so we're just trying to visualize it and build sort of a map, yeah. And I know where you are too, you know, you, it's not uncommon for you to get, you could get wind from, uh, all directions of the compass in one day. 
So that that's yeah. pretty good. That, I like that. And we do. We've been getting multiple directions that we've since the days we've been testing. Yeah. We've been having it shift from coming out of the north and then dropping to the south or something yeah. or coming out of the west and going south. So it has worked in our favor really, really well. Well, whenever and, and whenever you get that going, yeah, exactly. Whenever you get that all firmed up and everything else, let's get you back on and we'll talk about it some more. Yeah, because if Chris and it's Chris's Chris has a math model. Yeah. And it's Chris's math model. If Chris's math model plays out, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be a case where everybody's first rounds are going to be so much closer yep. than what we've been doing. It, it'll complement the gun number. Right. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And it's just him doing math. You know what yeah. I mean? He's yeah. in, and we're, yeah. And he's good and, at that. And, and that's, that's, that's what I said to him. I said, dude, I, I, I thought we were, we were on the phone for, I don't know how long last night. And it was like, okay, you need a big spreadsheet because here's what you're going to put in your spreadsheet. And I was basically giving him, you know, A to Z columns to fill into his spreadsheet when he starts doing his math. Yeah. Turn him, and, turn and him loose, of, man. <laughs> yeah. And the beauty of that part is he's doing it, not me. <laughs> well, I, I'm not, I'm the, you know, I just, he's got the brain for that. You know what I mean? He's, he's a smart cookie. He, he does. So, so he's a smart yeah, cookie. So that's going to work out good. Smart. Good. Hey, let's move on to some other yeah. shit. Okay. What do you got? <sighs> Remington Arms is back in the game. Have you seen the Alpha One, the 700 Alpha One? No. Okay. All right. So I hadn't either. It was one of the questions that come in on, on uh, ROAP. And uh, so I went and I checked it out. And I will say up front, I have not had the chance to shoot this gun. But I know that they did some stuff to it that are, you went to a 5R rifling on it. It's got, it, it is definitely a hunter weight rifle. It comes in at 7.4 pounds with no optics and, and uh, anything else. But it, it's already threaded on the end, the 5H24. And then it's coming with a Timney trigger in it. Uh, it's also coming with the bolt release on the left-hand side, like all of your custom actions, as well as Accuracy International. You have your bolt release to get that out. And also at a toolless bolt or firing pin removal. So you'll be able to yeah, pull the shirt yeah, off. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, you'll yep. be able to do that. And so, the, the like I said, I haven't had a chance to shoot them, but it's just, if you go back, if you go back and you look at, you know, Remington 700, I mean, what, what freaking sniper rifle did they issue you in the Marine Corps, Frank? Exactly. I mean, this is, this is my, I, I'm still a huge fan of 700 action. So am I. A lot of my old, my gaps are that all, yep. we were always buying gaps off of 700. Oh yeah. You and abs- I. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, it's like um, the bottom of that action. That's the, that's the 350 Chevy of the gun world. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. e- oh, every, totally, every totally. stock, every chassis will all fit that a new custom action comes on. They do it exactly the same way as a Remington 700. So it'll fit everything. I mean, there's a reason for that. The, you know, one of my, one of my guns a long time ago, and I saw a bunch of them come through here when we first getting started, you know, with the police, it was a Remington 700 PSS and 308, you know, and uh, yeah, it had that HS precision with the uh, aluminum bedding block in the stock. And so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's M24, M40, you know what I mean? That's exactly what it was. I mean, they, you didn't have a whole lot of adjustability on that stock, but man, for the price, it was good. And I never ran across one of those guns that wouldn't shoot at least three quarters of a minute with match grade ammo. You know, I mean, there was nothing wrong with those guns. I we always had good luck with them. I, and actually, I'm looking at this one. This one looks fine. It looks really nice. Uh, yep. This one's got a fluted barrel. The picture. It's got some AG composite stock. Yep. Yep. Uh, I see the bolt. They they did some fancy. 
fanciness on the bolt. They got some um, design on the bolt happening. I don't like the bolt handle as much, but no, I guess but that's removable. That's removable, yeah, okay. and you can change it. Oh, they, so, they, yeah. they say through there that if you want a different bolt style, different bolt styles will be available. And so, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it now. That it, I can see the uh, the theme on it now. Yeah, so uh, you can yeah, you can change I mean, that other out. Than that, I mean, I'm thinking for a hunting rifle coming in at 7.4, and and their long action version in 300 Win Mag, it comes in at like 7.8. So you got, you know, for your short action, just a little less than seven and a half pounds, and your long action caliber is a little bit more than seven and a half pounds. And I think for the hunter market, that might be pretty good. And it's like what people were saying on the internet: it depends on where the price point's going to come in, because that's a that's a, a market, you know, that that hunting that hunting style rifle, but. Um, yeah, I don't know, they man. They should hit between eight and twelve hundred. I don't. I can't see them going over eight and twelve over twelve hundred. But yeah. um, I, it would depend on that stock. What's the AG composite stock clock? That's a good question. I'm thinking. I'm thinking yeah. they're going to come in like fourteen or fifteen. But still, even so, so, yeah. Even I'm, I hope you're right, and I'm wrong. I, I really do. But uh, well, I think they come in. They got some, you know, they got that aftermarket trigger that it comes stocked with, and plus the AG composite stocks. And of course, if Remington's buying a whole shit ton of them, so hopefully they'll get a better price and they'll pass Actually, it on. You know, whatever website I went to, I just scrolled down like one little thing. Mm-hmm. This CZ six hundred rifle is pretty. Looks pretty good too. <laughs> CZ's got a new bolt action. Yeah. It actually looks really nice. They're they're, they're 24 inch, six Creedmoor, 308. Yep. It's got a, a hooky wood stock, but adjustable. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of a, almost like those, it's, it's the laminate. Yeah. But it's got adjustability in it and it mm-hmm. almost looks kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the, they got a weight on it. Six, yeah. Hang on. Uh, here it is right here. Uh, let me see key features. Here we go. Weight ten pounds. Ah, a little heavier then. Yep, and it's eleven twelve hundred dollars, eleven ninety nine. Yep, and still that's a good it's price point. Threaded, and that eleven. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah that eleven pounds uh, isn't bad either. Twenty four inch barrel. No, yep. eleven. It's eleven. Uh, twenty four inch barrel threaded five eight. Um, single stage trigger. Uh, four position adjustable. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a one in 10 for the 308, one in seven for the six Creed. Mm-hmm. And it's 1100, 1200 bucks. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it depends on, on that alpha one, you know, from Remington, you know, that's, that's one of those things we're going to have to, it looks like that they, they kept all the stuff that worked and got rid of some of the stuff that didn't work, you know, cause you, you don't have to put your finger up in the trigger guard now to have the bolt release, you know, it's on the outside now. No, it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, everything on it looks solid. Yeah. I, I, I'm not seeing anything that I would go, Ooh, that's not it's well, remember, barrel. yeah, and remember that whenever we were doing that, we would always have George put those those uh, those external bolt releases on them. You know, he would just go yeah. in. That was a custom shop thing, so now it's going to come from the shop like that. All right, good enough on that one. Uh, your opinion, Frank, um, single stage or two stage trigger? I'm a two stage guy. Yeah, me too. But you know, and I know whenever what I'm getting ready to say, you're going to say, "Yeah, you're right." Um, I have in my job, I have to shoot a lot of different guns, and some of them come in with the with the single stage. So I am a two stage guy as well, and but I don't think that one is necessarily better than the other. I think that's a personal preference thing. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I'm, I mean, and and the thing is, is you have to if if somebody learns on the single stage and they're not popping off and flicking, 
then you know go to go until they they I'm fine with that. But if they're a flicker, yeah, then that is my problem. But uh, yeah, yeah I don't think one is better. Yeah, one just gives me an option; the other one doesn't. What I do is I kind of I kind of works with me on on the two stage in my shot process because I know it's time to shoot and I'm going to break the trigger at the bottom of my breathing cycle. And so when I get about about 75% of my air is still in my lungs, I take up that first stage and I come to the wall. And it's like I, I tell the students at that point, I'm in the shot. I'm already in it. And yeah. that gives me that mm-hmm. time to perfect the shot, to absolutely perfect it down, you know, where the where the reticle is and everything else. And then I get to the bottom of the breathing cycle and I can go ahead and come through that wall. And so that that's why yeah, I kind of totally. like the two stage. It's kind of more of in my brain thing. Now, if I was if I was doing this with a single stage, I could come up with a way, you know, to make that work too. You know, it's just, uh, it's just, I, like I say, I, I'm a two stage guy. You are too. But I know a lot of people out there that are st- single stage guys and they're not doing any worse than anybody else. No, no. And I just, our thing is I like to marry to the trigger. Like you're saying, I yep. go in there and engage, you get to that wall. And then I like with the two stage, cause like you say, we're in the shop, mm-hmm. but I, I like the ability to get out of it with yep. no penalty and yep. come right off of it. Yep. And, and I can do it with a single stage. I just, I'm really careful with a single stage. Yep. Uh, one, you got to dry fire before to make sure some guy didn't give you a four ounce or a, I've shot two ounce ones and yep. they're crazy. But they um, yeah, it's just, I have a slightly different technique. I'm just doing the same thing. Right. Right. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. But so it is I just, technique and it's yeah, preference. It is. It is preference. I, I just feel like that I'm, I'm constantly building myself into the shot. You know what I mean? And that just kind of gives me another, another, uh, place to check and make sure the light's still green. You know what I mean? Or yeah. if yeah. it's, if the light's red, then I can back off out of it. Like you were saying, and then, you know, just, yeah. you know, reperfect that shot. And it's like the, it's like, you know, the fine test and the gross test for natural point of aim, you know, the more, the more, the more little things, little check marks that you can have in there, you know, which, you know, more and more lead to that, you know, point to where everything is perfect. And I think it kind of, I think kind of keeps you from skipping shit. You know what I mean? And just trying to blow a bad totally, shot. Totally. Yeah. Very good. Hey dude, you, I sent you that. I sent you over a picture and the question came up, you know, um, you know, for stability wise, you know, where you're placing your bipod and, um, I know that you and I are both on the same page on this, that, you know, the, the bipod closer to the, to the muzzle is going to give you the most stability. And, you know, it's kind of like the, I don't know, those ELR guys. It's, it's like, physics, man. We really yeah, can't physics. get around the physics no, of it. No. And, and, and so if you're resting, can we compromise? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you have that bipod, like on those pictures of that French rifle I sent you, you know, that you're kind of balancing in the middle. So whatever shooter error is pushed in is going to be directed directly to the muzzle. And that's where the bullet comes out. And so it's kind of like I was talking to you about it, you know, that with the wind run of the 50 cal, you know, I've got a piece of sucker yeah, rod and yeah. put that bipod all the way out there. Then the ELR guys, they have those things to where they'll have their stocks and they'll, they actually have an extender to get the bipod out, you know, underneath the muzzle. So there's really, there's really no question that it, that it arrives with that stability, but that's another good thing on that about the, the Arca rails, you know, because the, the question was advantage, disadvantage, you know what I mean? And so I think that, mm-hmm. I think in, in my mind, you know, if I've, if I'm looking at, you know, the ATX rifle, you know, it's got the, it's got the Arca rail all the way through. And then I'm a cop and I'm having to shoot off the top of a building. That's got a little wall on it. You know, I, it, I might not be able to see my target if my bipod is all the way out towards the end, you know what I mean? Because I'm having to go shoot yeah. at an angle. But if I, if I can move that bipod a little bit closer, 
and, you know, push into it more. I can defeat some of that instability just by waiting the gun a little bit more. And plus I'll be able to get a higher angle shot. Your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. I mean, even like the 55 gallon drum in a PRS match, you pull the bipod in or turn it around or whatever backwards and angle it. And then you're on the pistol grip with a bag, right? You know, we're able to balance in a small circle and put as much meat on that 55 gallon drum top yep. as we can get away with yep. and, and make the shot. So yeah, it's, it's but like you said, it's the physics of it. Um, they have the extenders that push the bipod out past the barrel mm-hmm. other than the flex factor where they bounce. Right. Um, but the, the, the physics is sound that you want the bipod. It's stability. Yeah. And can you compromise? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it'll work. But it's, it's, here's the difference, I think. Take a shot and hit a target. Shoot a group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can yep. take a shot and hit that target and no penalty. It looks great. Nothing's there. Right. But when you go and shoot the group, it's going to fall apart over that five shots. Right. Because it's not giving you the base. So the base is going to deteriorate quicker I agree. than if the bipod's out farther. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So yeah, another one came up. I mean, um, but- another one came up, Frank. The guy was looking to get in for a good, solid platform. Uh, he wants to shoot to a thousand yards, which means he wants to be able to shoot to a thousand yards every day. And so, you know, like up at with a 308 up at your place, you know, that you can't always do that <laughs> just because of the weather. And then, uh, you know, he's just, he asked that. And also concerning, you know, if there was any suggestions on any other calibers now, uh, that's a two part question. Um, let me give an answer and then I'm gonna get your take. If you, that's all right with you. Sure. Sure. Okay. First off, um, whenever someone's getting into this, the, 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 the thing about it is, is sometimes, you know, I'm looking to build a new rifle and it, it, he, he kind of commented that he was okay with, you know, the, the higher end guns. Um, what I have been recommending to a lot of people has been the ATX. And for a lot of reasons, uh, the first reason it probably the most important reason is the first accuracy international I got was 1997. I have put 27 barrels on it. You know what I mean? I've had it on three continents. I've dropped it down a mountain, had it frozen in ice. I was even with you at a place one time to where we took water hoses to clean them off because they were so muddy. Mm -hmm. And so even after all of this abuse, these guns have really performed well. And I feel like that the AX series uh, and and AXMCs, I feel like they're a little bit heavier for my taste now, probably because I'm getting older and I don't want to carry that big heavy bitch anymore. So I, with the ATX, mine weighs 15 pounds, 12 ounces with the scope and loaded. You know what I mean? But what I did was yeah, yeah. I, whenever I called there, like they come in six, five and I had another barrel spun up and said, well, what contour do you want? And I said, I want the original contour from the eighties or from the nineties in the AW platform, which is basically a light Palma. And so yep, yep. I did that and, you know, I'm shooting six millimeter, which kind of leads into the whole thing. Okay. The, the 308, you know, to have a good solid thousand yard performer. And we compare that to some of the stuff that we have out now, um, not the least of which is the six, five Creedmoor, uh, then the six millimeter Creedmoor, six millimeter GT, you know, the, you're doing this Valkyrie stuff, you know what I mean? And so the advantages I know we're getting with that is one, the bullets are flying better. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not they're not being as affected by the wind as a 308. They're staying supersonic well past the 1300 yard range. And so a thousand yards becomes, okay, you don't have to worry about going transonic and your bull and going, you know, sideways. 
But that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, That doesn't take away anything from my absolute love and devotion to 76251. And I know you feel the same way. I mean, we grew up on that. But, you know, now. Yeah, I mean, I haven't shot 308 in ages. Actually, I I need to break one out. Yeah, I haven't either. And I feel bad about it. I feel like I've kind of been cheating on it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that that, just give me your thoughts. Like I'm saying, I'm saying pretty much the you know, go with something that you know is going to be a solid performer. If, if you're not getting the results downrange that you want, make sure it's not the equipment, i.e., you know, good accuracy international, GA precision, yeah. any of that. And then as far as moving forward, you know, I, I would recommend going with 6.5, you know, 6.5 Creedmoor or 6 millimeter Creedmoor, 6 GT, something like that. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's where, well, for, for one, for Calibers, uh, 6.5 Creed is, is sort of the general universal where if you want to be, if, if you if you're thinking 308, I recommend six five three that way. Just um, now the rifles, uh, we, I tend to find people who want to spend less money mm-hmm. and they want to get into it. So we recommend on the on the low end, pretty religiously, the Tika platform. Mm-hmm. Um, we were Ruger RPR, but then we found we were adding when when we were done with a Ruger, it was a twenty five hundred dollar rifle. Yeah. With a, with a Tika, you didn't have to spend that. And if you went with the TAC A1, which is $1,800, you were done in yep. a lot of ways. Yep. So I recommend that. Although the ATX, like you're saying, for somebody who has that $5,000 uh, income level mm-hmm. where they could buy a rifle that, that, yes, the ATX is definitely the way to go on an overall universal platform. I think it's a huge improvement on mm-hmm. the... Uh, AI stocks of the past. Right. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, and a, yeah, in a much more universal way. We could do yeah. a lot more with the ATX. Yeah. And um, it's like the thing is, I, I put the rail on the top of mine just because I wanted to put a thermal up front. And then, if, yeah. you know, once once the it starts getting dark after my bedtime again during the summer, I'm going to pull that bitch off. And it's easy. It's four screws. You know what I mean? It comes off. I don't have to carry the extra weight anymore. So it works out really good. Perfect. Got yeah, exactly. Arca rail, full length Arca rail. You know, it sits a little lower. It drives really, really well. You know, it drives so smooth, you know, and I just I just love it. But <laughs> I, I just I just grabbed the chassis yesterday. Yeah. Um, uh, and put my Terminus uh, Zeus in it. Mm hmm. So I'm running the ATX chassis with a Terminus Zeus in it. Nice. And, you know, it's giving me that stuff as well nice. um, on the higher end. And I, for comp, I do six Creed as well. Like mm-hmm. if I'm going to go to a comp, although I just built, uh, I had my gas team gun. I burnt the barrel on it mm-hmm. and I had it re-barreled to um, six GT. Yeah. Yeah. I really like six GT. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it has factory ammo is good because I like to me personally, it has to have a factory component. Agreed. Because I'm not reloading that much. Mm-mm. I'm reloading specific. And um, but the uh, six GT is awesome. I will say wherever you go, and you know I travel a lot from Alaska all over. Yep. Six Creedmoor is on the shelf. Yep. People don't use six Creedmoor hardly anywhere mm-hmm. and I use it and I know I can buy six Creedmoor everywhere. Yeah. You know, I got, so a, I got an elk thing. elk and a no guy with six Creedmoor factory Hornady ammo. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it yeah, knocked exactly. the shit out of them. Well, good. And so, um, I do like six Creedmoor a lot. And here's the thing with six Creedmoor. Nobody says you have to push it that fast. Yeah. 
You know, nobody says you got to load it to 3,100, 3,200 feet per second. Load no, it man. to your 28, 29. I'm mine, mine just factory out of the box, you know, with the barrel that I screwed on there, uh, I'm getting 30, 20. And so, I mean, I'm not worried about it. Right. I'm, I know the barrel's not going to last, but hell, I went, I got a, I had them spin me up a 22 Creed barrel on for my ATX. I haven't put it on yet. Cause I know that the fun's only going to last for about a thousand rounds, but man, I can't wait to pop prairie dogs with that fast little bitch. Oh, for sure. Well, if you want to come to the range, cause the prairie dogs are back on my range. All right. Um, All right. I'm leaving. I'm loading yeah, but, up my shit. I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got them up there. But anyway, but the thing like with, you know, a lot of guys like the, the six GT yep. sort of puts you in the sweet spot automatically. Yeah, it, it does. It, it's like a six, five by, uh, by 47. Right. It's a very efficient case. It's very yep. purpose built. So I, I love the six GT and, and what it represents for competition wise. Oh, so do I. Um, so do I. Yeah, but yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with that stuff. I, like you said, though, I am shooting the Valkyrie. Yep. A lot. We stumbled on it. We um, we found speed in it, mm-hmm. and I'm running my Valkyrie now uh, with the hand loads. I'm running the eighty five five Burger mm-hmm. at thirty twenty five. Nice, nice. And let me tell you at. 3,000 feet per second, the 22s are fantastic. Yep. Yep. You know, and here's the bitch. This factory Valkyrie was 2750. Yeah. You got a lot of problems in 2750. You move it to 3,000 and all those problems go away. Nice. Nice. And so, and it's, dude, it's, it's so cheap. And then Brian Whalen down here, mm-hmm. Brian Whalen got 9,000 rounds out of his barrel. Really? Yes. <laughs> that is uh that's good <laughs> that's good he is real good and, and i'm at i'm at about 2500 3000 rounds out of the barrel on mm-hmm. this one um right now so i'm right around, and it's not slowing down and it's it's staying tight oh, good. so i'm thinking even at my my new speed i'm probably gonna get about 6000 rounds out of this rifle yeah using the valkyrie awesome Awesome. And, and, I'm, and here's the thing. At, uh, I'll get you real quick and then mm-hmm. we'll go. Um, at 3025, I'm 6.9 mils to 1,000 yards, <laughs> and I'm a 7-mile-an-hour gun nice. to 600. Perfect. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. when I get up there next summer, I'm going to go out and shoot that thing with you. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, prairie dogs are back. We can knock a prairie dog or two. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, a couple things just to, to wrap up. Frank, stay on with me after if you don't mind. Um, we have, uh, we have the brawl coming up. Brawl registration is open. That's 17, 18 February. So you can go to the website and get signed up for that. Uh, we also added some new classes. I've got, I added another one and two, uh, during the spring break timeframe so that we could accommodate some people that had time off from college and shit like that. So get to the website and look at that. We've got, uh, again, always t-shirts, slings, your rear bags of every type of sort that you would want to have and, and, uh, get over to a uh, sniper's hide as well. And I'm, I know I'm going to go be looking for the merch that he's going to supply. Remember Frank coffee cups. Um, yes, the yes, other, I do coffee cups. Yep. The other thing, if you are Texas law enforcement officer, understand your precision rifle one and two at the rifles only facility, you can 
achieve hours for your T-Cole for that. So just keep that in mind. And also, I will be going back to the Texas Tactical Police Officers Association convention that's coming up in April of 2023 uh, around Round Rock, Texas. And so I was there last year to do a couple of classes and I'll be there again this year. So if your department is going to to send anybody to there, uh, you can go to that TTPOA website and you can sign up for the, the classes at the Fundamentals and Alternates Position class. I'm doing one on Saturday and one on Sunday. So um, just uh, keep that in mind. If you are in law enforcement in Texas, I'd love to see you up there. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, ROAP at RiflesOnly.com. You got any questions for Frank, send them to there. I'll forward them on to him or we'll get him back. I know we'll get you back. You're like been on the podcast the most. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So just uh, send those questions in for Frank. Uh, anything that we've talked about today, you know, he, he threw some stuff out there that's very, very interesting. That's why I'm keeping him over so I can talk to him about that. But again, thanks for listening. Stay with us and we'll be back soon. Taping with Bartlin again next week. So that'll be up.